This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Wow, this episode honestly blew my mind. Tina Anderson joined me and we discussed gut health. We talked about why it's important, what we can be doing to improve our overall gut health, whether kids should be taking probiotics, whether we should be taking them while we're pregnant, when we're on antibiotics, all the things. She is just a wealth of knowledge. Get ready for a ride. Before we dive in, though, I want to just share a little bit about the behind the scenes of the Roxy shoot we did earlier this summer because we had a absolute blast doing this photo shoot. Basically, Roxy reached out to me and asked if they could send me a suit and if we would do a shoot to share on our feed. And I said, yes, I would love to, but only if I can invite some other women in order to have more diversity in the body types that were being shown. So I got to invite some friends along. One of my besties, Jill, came along. She's the co-founder of an incredible company called Legends Hall. They provide beautiful groceries from local farmers and producers. She is a mom of two. She broke her neck shortly after having her first child and has had moments like all of us of insecurity in her own body. So I wanted to invite her along to the shoot to honor and recognize and love on her that she's just so amazing and incredible and I want her to see that and know that as well. Sylvie came along who is the owner of Zaleska Jewelry. They make the most incredible jewelry and it's size inclusive jewelry. So I was like, she's obviously a yes. And then Cam Lee who is a gorgeous mother. She's a yoga teacher and she talks really openly about coming to accept her body postpartum. So we all jumped on the boat with Ayla and had the best day. I mean, I didn't know two of the girls and it was like we had known each other forever. I wanted to call the girls really quickly to have them share a little bit about their experience having photos taken in bathing suits, knowing that there was going to be no editing. So Jill, Sylvia, and Cam are joining me. And then I want you to hear from Kiara as well because she had a really interesting sort of aha moment as the photographer. This photo shoot required her to stretch a little bit as a photographer as well. So, hey girls. Hi. Hi, Jilly. I want to hear a little bit about seeing your photos. How did you feel seeing them? When you sent the link, I'm like, oh, what is going to happen? And I actually said to Craig, my husband, I was like, you know what, Craig? I've had two kids. I don't have time to work out seven days a week. I work around the clock. I broke my freaking neck. And you know what? I saw those raw photos and I was like super proud of myself. And I'm like, this is awesome. I feel so happy with my body. And, and that's not like an everyday thing for me. You know, me, we're best friends. You know, I struggle just like anyone else with my own insecurities. There was a few for sure that I was like, well, that's questionable. (laughs) Oh, me too. I think all of us have those moments when you look at photos, it's a collection of different angles. So you're going to have certain images where you're like, no, that's not the one that's life. And overall, I felt for myself, like once we actually got on the boat and we were just having fun, I don't know, everyone was just loosened up and having a great time. Those were my favorite photos. And I felt like super, like, this is awesome. If you could take one thing from this shoot, what will you take with you? I feel like since that shoot, and I think seeing those photos of myself, there's a piece of me that's felt less self-conscious when I've been in a bathing suit with friends or at the lake or on the boat that I'm like, you know what? I've seen myself from a different lens now of just like enjoying life and having fun and they're not posed. And I'm really happy with that. There's a freedom that comes in just being able to see all of yourself and to be like, you know what? I, I can have a lot of compassion and grace for myself and I'm actually okay with it. 
yeah, it was like a reminder that I'm like, oh my God, stop being so hard on yourself. I remember being 17 and feeling like I needed to lose weight. And I look photos and I'm like, oh my God. So now I remind myself now seeing these photos that I'm like, one day I'll look back on these photos and be like, why are you so hard on yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for popping on here. Sylvie, I'm dying to hear about your experience as well. Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, listen, that bikini bottom, I have underwear larger than those <laughs> bottoms. I was a little bit worried about like, if I was going to break my back in like different positions, trying to just make everything look cute, you know, like it was a vibe. You showed up at the shoot radiating confidence and you just have this like spirit and vibe coming from you that emanates yeah, self-confidence and just you're able to connect so easily to people. And so I remember you saying at the end of the shoot that you were a little bit nervous and I was like, oh, wow, I would never have thought that. But underneath the surface, there were some nerves. Oh, yeah. And I think that we can all have moments like that. I mean, it's rare to be doing a bikini photo shoot for Roxy, but like, you know, there's always nerves that come through. And for me, this experience, you know, even just emailing back and forth with you before prior to the shoot, making sure that we had bathing suits that were going to fit me. So, you know, sending you my measurements being like, listen, I know that Roxy goes up to an XXL, but like, do they cut narrow? Like, I'm not sure. There was an extra layer of awareness just based around my body and, you know, occupying a larger body. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to show up on set and you got to serve it because the first thing to notice nervousness is the camera. Oh, you served it. (laughs) I loved it. The experience actually did open up my eyes as well to weight bias and to my privilege of being a woman in a smaller body, because I said to Roxy, you know, sure, I'll do a shoot for you guys, but only if I can loop in some other women, because people don't need to just see more of my body type. And they were like, okay, great. That would be awesome. I didn't even think about the fact that they might not have sizing that wouldn't fit everybody because I don't have to think about that when I shop online. And that is something that women in curvier bodies have to think about every time. Every time. I can't tell you how many times I've just hung out, you know, buying accessories rounder in a store where all, when all my girlfriends get to try on things and I'm like, you know what, this hat is just so chic. And these earrings, you know, they really suit me (laughs) because sizes only go up so high. And I, I am even in a privileged space as a plus size model because I am a size, you know, 14, 16, 18, which, you know, those are the first sizes to come out of extended sizing. People who are at size 24, 26, 28, 30, 32, they have even less of a landscape of options to pull from. So yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful that the industry and influencers such as yourself, you know, people who are really trying to create change within basically just, just having awareness that we are starting to talk about these things because the reality is plus size clothing is a billion dollar industry. And, you know, the average American woman is a size 14, 16. So I'm just waiting for something that isn't, you know, a Mickey Mouse (laughs) t-shirt. And it's coming. I feel like you're creating it, girl. Like you, so for those of you who don't know, Sylvia has a company called Zaleska Jewelry, which makes jewelry in extended sizes. Because as well, when you are in a heavier body, the necklaces and the bracelets and the rings and the jewelry doesn't necessarily fit the same either. So you have the most stunning collection of jewelry. We're going to make sure that we link to it down below. You've got to see this stuff. I feel like it's women like you who are saying, okay, there are things missing in this world. Okay. I'm going to go create it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for like trusting me when we hadn't even met before and showing up for that shoe. It meant the world. Thanks for seeing me. Thank you for listening to my parameters. Thank you for being so respectful of my questions. You did go the extra mile for me and it's so appreciated. Oh, it wasn't even the extra mile. It's just what should happen. <laughs> yeah. Have a great day. Okay. So Key, were you nervous before doing the Roxy shoot at all? Yeah, a little bit. Just because it was kind of like a different perspective that I was expected to shoot. 
My job is to make whatever bodies that are in front of the camera feel comfortable. And everybody's nervous in front of the camera regardless. So for someone to notice that somebody else is noticing things that they are feeling uncomfortable about was a really uncomfortable position for me to be in. Because my job is to make them feel comfortable. So it was interesting. I was like, I'm not quite sure how I do all the parts of my job on this job. (laughs) How did you find it went when you were actually there? I still didn't feel comfortable kind of zooming in like on imperfections or what other people would perceive as imperfections or what they would perceive as imperfections. So... Luckily, the energy was really high and everybody knew, thanks to you, why they were there. They knew that there was going to be no retouching on these images, that we were there for the cellulite. We were there for the, like, all my freckles and moles and, you know, the things that we don't necessarily see in the everyday pictures. Because these are beautiful parts of the female body that have been shrouded in so much shame that we don't even feel like we can get out and, and be there. How did you feel seeing the pictures? They're gorgeous. You did such an incredible job of capturing the moment. Oh, looking back at them, for me, I saw energy. I actually saw people feeling really comfortable and having a really good time. That was the work of all of us in the moment and all of our energy in the moment, really making each other feel okay and feel comfortable. And my favorite thing is to capture not as posed moments and just having like an experience to go along with a photo shoot. And it's not just like, okay, you do this, you do that. It's more like, okay, you experience this and I'll capture it as you're doing that. So the energy in the photos is like, is so much fun. As a health coach, when I'm working with women on overcoming body shame, on being more compassionate towards themselves, one of the biggest triggers that tends to set women off is seeing a photo of themselves. I found in a few images, which is so normal, that I started the spiral. Oh my God, is that actually what I look like? For me in that moment, seeing myself knowing everything has been through in the last three years with my anxiety and stuff, I did have thoughts of, wow, I look really thin right now. And Mm -hmm. when I show these pictures to my audience, what if they think I have an eating disorder? What if they think that I don't get to be part of this conversation around body positivity because I'm not in a body that we traditionally see with those words? And so it brought up those moments of insecurity too. And then of course, there's photos that I absolutely love where I'm like, this feels like me and this is the vibe. It was just such a good reminder that we can't judge our bodies and the way that we look and who we are based on a picture. There, We have like 500,000 angles and moments and these photos just capture like the surface level glimpse of that. Although yours did seem to catch like a little bit more depth and energy and all of the vibe. Yeah, it's wild how hard people are on themselves when they look at photos. It's so interesting how we would never be as hard on other people as we are on ourselves when we look at photos. No. Anyway, yeah. if you could sum up the experience, what, what are you taking away from this raw beauty shoot? Yeah, you know, traditional beauty is not actually always beautiful. That's kind of my takeaway from that. It's like, that was not a traditional shoot, but it's the most beautiful shoot. You are incredible. I'm going to treasure these pictures forever. Thank you so much for being there for that special day. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Love those girls. Everyone's so fun. You know, if there's anything that you can take from this shoot, which you can see pictures on our blog and on our social media, it's that nobody's body is perfect. And when we get really in our head and and feel awful about our body and feel like it's not good enough or feel like it's changed, it can hold us back from getting out there and experiencing these beautiful moments of connection with nature and connection with friends and connection with ourselves. So maybe you're not in the point yet where you can put on a bathing suit and show up confidently and that's okay, but keep listening to these episodes, keep tuning in on our social, keep working on that inner dialogue, keep infusing your feed with different body types, with real raw images 
until eventually you see that you are also beautiful and you have always been deserving of showing up exactly as you are. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code rawbeautytalks at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code rawbeautytalks. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Okay. It's time to get Tina on the show. You're going to absolutely love this conversation. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're obviously somebody who cares about their health and wellness. And we can't have a conversation about health and wellness without looking at our gut health. This may seem like a trivial part of our body, our intestines, who wants to really think about it, but we have to start bringing some awareness to this area of our body. It's being noted as our second brain. It is directly connected to our brain, directly impacting our mental health, and our mental health impacts our digestive system. If you're somebody who's struggled with disordered eating, chances are that you have noticed digestive issues or troubles popping up, which can feel really uncomfortable and can make us even more self-conscious. So gut health, it's a huge conversation and we're here for it today. I have a woman who is a wealth of knowledge specifically about gut health. Tina Anderson, along with her husband, created a unique supplement that contains the superior probiotic strains of renowned researcher, Dr. Simon Cutting. By promoting gut health and probiotics, Tina shares her passion for wellness, helping others live their best physical and emotional lives. Thank you so much for being here today. We're going to talk all about gut health, probiotics. I'm very interested as well in the amazing career changes that you've had over time. I feel like every time I go onto Instagram, there's this gentle pressure to have accomplished and figured out life by the time that you're 30. I'm now 36, so I've missed that mark. I have not figured out life yet. But what I'm fascinated about is that I don't think you had it figured out by 30 either. And so I want to talk a little bit about the career transitions that you've had and how exciting it can be to start fresh and to start new and to keep evolving as human beings. Because I think I think girls in the world need that reminder that they don't have to have it all figured out. And this is an ongoing journey. Yes, absolutely. I always tell my kids, what do you want to do first? You know, my, I have two daughters who are uh, college graduates and my son's just about to go into college. And I keep telling them like, whatever your first job is, whatever your first career is, is just a stepping stone. And you could stay in that field or you could go do totally different things, but just what do you want to do next is the most important questions you could ask yourself. 
I love that. I feel like adults are asking 15-year-olds, five-year-olds, for God's sake, what do you want to be when you grow up? As if we're supposed to know what we're going to spend our whole life doing. I mean, some people do, but most people don't. It takes time. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what you did first was law. Yeah. So, well, actually, I, I always, I never really talk about this, but I actually did work in, I was a finance major. So I worked in banking for a year and then I went to law school. So I was working at a insurance defense litigation type of firm. Yeah. I worked crazy hours. I always had, my husband was in sales at the time and making way more than I was making. And I was working double the amount of hours. And I'm like, what is wrong with this? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Anyway, so then I, I we started having kids and I just did not want that lifestyle anymore as when I was a mom. I wanted to be home with my kids. So when my second child was born, I, I left that firm and then I decided to go work in a family pharmaceutical business as their general counsel. But it really allowed me a way healthier work-life balance. I mean, in some respects, I was even more of a stay-at-home mom than I was an attorney, a general counsel, even though I was working, you know, I was able to work part-time, work remote, and it was really, really nice. So then, you know, being in the pharmaceutical industry was really great in the beginning. I thought, this is amazing. Here we are bringing these life-saving medications to people and helping people get healthy. And after being in the industry for a number of years, we just really started to see a lot of the abuses in the industry. You know, we saw the overprescribing of medications. We saw people getting medications when they really didn't need it. More importantly, doctors prescribing medications when a patient didn't necessarily need it, but this is the information they were taught by the pharmaceutical rep. And so it was really shocking at first. And then we're like, well, it's really not that shocking because we saw it happen with relatives and family members who would be on one pharmaceutical and then that would cause joint pain. And then they give her another pharmaceutical for the joint pain. And then that would cause stomach pain. And then she'd have stomach medication. And it was just this cycle between, you know, within like six months, she was on a dozen different medications and never getting better. And, and we saw it all around us. And I'm a pretty deep thinker. I read a lot of Norman Vincent Peale and Wayne Dyer and all types of great authors like that. And, and so is my husband. And, we, and I'm like, we are not doing, it was Wayne Dyer who really changed me. I was like reading one of his books and it's like, I was not doing my life's work. And I just really wanted to do something that meant something to me. And we really lived our lives in a more natural way. And we really focused on health and wellness. We weren't big pharma people, even though that was the industry we were in. And so we started researching and my husband's natural path, they had talked for years about doing something together. And one day he called us into his office and said, you will not believe this, but we have the opportunity to license these incredible strains from London University. And he was like, I am a gut guy. I know everything about the gut. This is the real deal. And he's a practitioner. So he knew the gut. He knew about probiotics. And so, so anyway, that's how Just Thrive Probiotic and Antioxidant was born. It, it's been the most gratifying career journey I've ever been on for sure. Wow. I love this story so much. I'm so excited to talk about probiotics and gut health. This is something that as a health coach, people are asking me every single week. I get multiple questions about, should I be taking a prebiotic? Should I be taking a probiotic? How do I improve my gut health? Everybody's talking about how your gut health is impacting your mental health and your mental health is impacting your gut health. So it's a very big topic. And from what I understand, there has been more research done on it in recent years there's still a lot of unknown though. There's still a lot to discover and to uncover. Tell us a little bit about probiotics, prebiotics, and how you feel they're important in our overall health. Yeah. Well, maybe if you don't mind, I might even back up a little just to talk about gut health because you had mentioned- Yes. Let's do it. The Human Microbiome Project was launched by the National Institutes of Health, gosh, about 10, 12 years ago. And it told us more about the gut than we ever knew before. And it basically told us that the gut is dictating virtually every aspect of our overall health. You know, we used to think of like, oh, we have, you know, gas and bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and oh, I, I, that means I have stomach issues or I have a gut issue. But really now we know that every aspect of our overall health is associated with an imbalance in our gut. So, you know, when you talk about heart disease, you talk about cancer, diabetes, um, anxiety, depression, um, all these disease claims, you know, autoimmune issues, our immune system, our metabolic health, all of these issues are all associated with 
a imbalance or a balance of our gut health. And the Human Microbiome Project told us that. And yet we live in this incredibly antimicrobial world. So our antibacterial world, you know, especially right now with the hand sanitizers and all this stuff. I mean, hand sanitizers are wreaking havoc on our gut because it's our microbes that live in and on us. Most of our microbes live in our gut, but many of our microbes live on our skin and we are disrupting that microbiome all the time with things like hand sanitizers, with household cleaning products. All of these things are so disruptive. The world we live in glyphosates, you know, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, all of these you know, our foods that are just laden with pesticides and herbicides all over are wreaking havoc on our health. So the good news, we found out that we are more bacterial than we are human. And so we have to support our bacteria. The bad news is that the world we live in hasn't caught up to that yet. I mean, we are literally dealing with all of these antimicrobial factors in our world. And it, it's, it's a shame. So, so our gut health, I can't overstate enough how important it is that whenever you're on any journey to health, whether it's just to support your immune system, I don't mean just, but obviously that's a really important topic, but 80% of our immune system is found in our gut lining. I mean, our immune system is dictated by the health of our gut microbiome. Our microbiome is sending signals to our immune system to let them know something's there. So we have to be supporting our gut when it comes to autoimmune issues, when it comes to gut brain connection, our mood, weight management. I mean, pregnancy is another huge one. You know, I love to remind people about this because a child is inoculated with their bacteria, their norm, their bacteria during vaginal childbirth. So if there is ever a time that you take care of your gut, it is when you are pregnant because you are inoculating your child with your own bacteria. So a mother's bacteria is being passed on to her child. It's pretty incredible. Wow. How does our gut health impact our mental health? I mean, you're touching on the fact that it's not just our mental health, it's our immune system. It's every system of the body. But do you have any information on specifically that mental health component that I think so many people are struggling with anxiety, depression, overwhelm right now, especially after this last year. Oh yes. I have so many thoughts there because our neurotransmitters are produced in our gut. And I think that's another thing people don't realize is that 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. Serotonin is our happy hormone. It's 90% of it is produced in our gut. Dopamine is produced in our gut. GABA is produced in our gut. The relaxing hormone is the neurotransmitter is GABA. All of these in really important and critical neurotransmitters are being produced in our gut. And so that's why we, there's that huge gut brain connection. Also, there's something called the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve connects the brain. It's from the brain stem down to the gut and they're communicating back and forth to each other. So it's a two-way street. That's why when you're scared or nervous, you feel the butterflies in your stomach. That's that vagus nerve working, you know, at its finest. So if you're trying to deal with some gut issues, there's lots of things that I would recommend to do, but one of them is meditation and changing lifestyle because your brain is sending signals to your gut. And then there's people, you know, who are having some you know, maybe mood issues, maybe they're suffering from anxiety, depression, I would say, take care of your gut because your gut's sending signals to the brain. Now, in the world of health and wellness, there is a tendency to take health information and take it to the extreme. Like even hearing this information, I'm like, Oh my God, uh, is all of my fruit and vegetable organic right now? Am I, should I be feeding my kids those things? I need to be doubling down on the probiotics, all the, like, uh, you know, a tendency to really dive in head first and to almost create stress around the act of living a more healthy lifestyle. And so keeping that in mind, what are some some ways that we can start to be more intentional about improving our gut health? without causing more stress around it. You mentioned meditation being one of those things. Eating a diverse group of foods. So I'm actually saying the opposite of what a lot of people will say. You know, everyone's like, eat keto, eat paleo, eat vegan, or, you know, whatever way. And it's all about restriction. And yet 
the most important thing we could do for our gut is to create diversity in the gut. And how one of the ways to establish diversity, you want a diverse group of bacteria in your gut. And so one of the greatest ways to accomplish that is by eating a diverse group of foods. So I'm a huge believer in trying to eat different kinds of fruits and vegetables. And of course, I try to eat as clean as possible. I do think eating organic is really important, but it's just, you know, we can't all do it. No one's perfect. I've always been a fan of moderation. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think it's really important to remind ourselves to be, to honor ourselves and to do the best that we can and take baby steps. God, years ago, I used to be a huge Diet Coke drinker. I'm so embarrassed. To admit <laughs> Me too. I was too. <laughs> My God, it was like I was definitely addicted to it. I drank it so much and just I made that one shift to eliminate it from my diet and it changed so much. So, and then it makes you decide, oh, I'm going to start eating sprouted bread instead of, you know, regular bread. And then, and then sometimes I won't even eat a sprouted bread because I don't really need it. It's just, you sort of just start to take baby steps and while respecting your choices. Okay. So meditation, diversifying your food groups. I love that. Aiming to eat organic. I'll I'll include a link to what they call the dirty dozen, which are foods that you do really want to try and buy organic if you can. And so that might be helpful in just figuring out where to lean in that direction. And then I'm curious to know about probiotics. When I go in to Whole Foods or wherever I'm going, even I see a naturopath, There are so many strains. There are so many different types. It feels completely overwhelming because it's like I'm reading a different language. Thoughts. Tell me, give me the breakdown. You're the queen of this. So So the really exciting thing is that the probiotic that we've developed and created is really, really different. Most probiotics on the market are comprised of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. And this is the way probiotics have been sold for, you know, a long time, you know, 60 years, 70 years. I mean, they've been out on the market. And this is kind of based on what we used to know. And then remember, I mentioned that human microbiome project that was launched that told us more about the gut than we ever knew before. And now we know that there is a better way to support our digestive health. Most probiotics on the market that you're going to find at the grocery store or wherever actually have trouble getting to the intestines alive. It's really important that a probiotic, to be defined as a probiotic, it needs to arrive in the intestines alive. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. It doesn't need to be alive in the refrigerator at the grocery store. That's not important. It needs to be alive by the time it gets to the intestines. And the problem with most probiotics is that they don't get to the intestines alive. For one, if they need to be refrigerated, it means it can't withstand the room temperature of the store shelf. So how in the world would it ever survive your body temperature, which is 1906? And the answer is they aren't, they just aren't surviving. But then even if by some chance they did, what happens when they get to the stomach? The stomach is very acidic. It's, it's a harsh barrier. It's meant to be the harsh barrier. Most probiotics die before they ever get to the intestines. And we did research on this. We did studies on this. There's a, one of the first studies we ever did was a gastric survivability study. It took the leading selling probiotics sold in a major health food store that you may have mentioned earlier in this episode. And it actually showed that 99.99% of the strains die by the time they got to the intestines. And this was a 50 billion CFU count probiotic. And then they took the spore-based probiotics, which are the strains that are found in just Thrive, and they found that they survived 100%. And they do this naturally because these strains are not refrigerated. They actually are dormant. These are the spores that are found in just Thrive are actually found in the soil. They just are dormant. They're not live bacteria. You swallow them. They get through the gastric system. Think of they have this endospore shell around themselves. And when they get to the intestines, they take their shell off because they recognize the intestines as their home. These spore-based bacteria, the bacillus spores, actually have the ability to read the microbial environment. So they know when to take their shell off. And when they get into the intestines, they start to read that microbial environment. And they actually have the ability to get rid of the pathogenic bacteria and have the ability to help nourish the good bacteria that's already there. So the best way to describe the difference between the two is if you envision a garden and that you have a garden in the backyard and, you know, there's weeds growing all over the garden and the plants have been stepped on and trampled on and they're not really flourishing. You kind of compare that to your gut where you've got overgrowth of bad bacteria and you've got good bacteria that's not really flourishing. And so you go into that garden, the old 
paradigm or like the, the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium story was you throw those seeds into the garden and you, in that garden, you, most of them never even get there, but let's say they did get to the garden. They just maybe will plant a plant in that garden, but they're not doing anything with the weeds. They're not doing anything with those plants or, that have been stepped on and trampled on where the spores very differently will go in that garden. They'll get there hundred percent alive. They'll attach to the soil. So they attach to your intestinal cell lining. They have the ability to get rid of the weeds and then they have the ability to grow those plants that have been stepped on, trampled on and help them thrive in the garden and in your gut. So in, in the gut, they're going, the spores have the ability to attach to the intestinal cell wall. They have the ability to recognize pathogenic bacteria and help get rid of it not get rid of it entirely, but create a better balance. It's, it's an ecosystem. It's all about a balance and mm-hmm. you don't want to get rid of anything. You know, that's the problem with antibiotics. You know, they're just getting rid of everything. We don't want to do that. We want to just focus on creating that balance, that nice, beautiful ecosystem in our gut. So, and then they stay there for about 21 to 28 days where they're working through every part of the intestinal tract. They're helping support the gut lining. We have a double blind human clinical trial on leaky gut. So talk about, you know, yeah, the easiest thing to do, you know, on top of like meditation, intermittent fasting, diversity is taking a high quality spore-based probiotic. I'm always so in awe of nature and the way that our bodies work. They are on our team. They are trying to heal as long as we can just help support them they'll flourish. And so you're providing so many beautiful tools for people to start layering into their life. Now, there are times when antibiotics are important and can like be very helpful. And so in my whole journey of health and wellness, I went through a stage where I was, I don't know, I was having some really adverse feelings to the world of Western medicine and the way that it was run. And then I got hit with postpartum anxiety and depression after my second. And I tried all of the things, moving my body and taking the probiotics and doing meditation and nothing could get me out of that space until I took an anti-anxiety medication, which gave me the bump so that I could actually activate all those things. So I'm always very careful in these conversations to recognize there is a place for all types of medicine. However, we tend to lean more heavily on the quick fixes and the things that are easy, like without really leaning on all these other practices, which sometimes require a little bit more work, meditating, shopping organic, right? So antibiotics, there is a place for them. However, somebody who I worked with really closely was struggling with a yeast infection got misdiagnosed a few times, ended up being given a couple different types of antibiotics and started experiencing the most painful burning in her vaginal area. She was diagnosed with something called vulvodynia like months later after being in debilitating pain. So it's something that I had her permission to share (laughs) this story. She had a real experience where antibiotics went very wrong. And where she just had no idea and was trusting the person who was referring her this. So antibiotics are killing all the bacteria in the gut. They are necessary sometimes, but is taking a probiotic after you've been on antibiotics a good idea? Do you want to be taking them all the time? Who should be looking for a probiotic? So I have so much that I want to unravel. So first of all, I could not agree with you more. I think that when you're talking about Western medicine, um, I am the same exact way. I feel like we need to honor it and we have to know that it's there for temporary reasons. I'm a huge fan of trying to get to the root cause of an issue. And sometimes you need that pharmaceutical to help you be well enough to research and get to the root cause. And I'm all about empowering people and and taking charge of your own health. And so I agree with you, but I think it's also, you know, the opposite is true that you need to really focus on you being your own coach and your own advocate through a process like your friend experience. We have to trust our gut and we have to empower ourselves to be educated. So the reason, you know, you get a yeast infection when you're on the, or make it worse is that the antibiotic is now, like you said, getting rid of the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. And the problem is antibiotics are, it's not just antibiotics we take, antibiotics in our in our food supply all the time. I mean, the food we eat, the meats are raised on antibiotics and we're eating these all the time. I mean, as clean as we try to eat, we're still being exposed to them. So 
our gut is literally being attacked on a daily basis. And so when you and your friend took the antibiotic for the, the yeast infection, you know, yeast is a fungus and it's allowed to overtake the vaginal canal because the bacteria, the good bacteria is no longer there. It's being taken out by the antibiotic. And so candida, which is, a, you know, yeast, it's, it's a normal part of our gut flora. There's nothing wrong with having candida. It's the overgrowth of candida that be, where it becomes problematic. But you, if you have this nice, healthy ecosystem and a good balance of good and bad bacteria, the yeast won't overgrow. And then to go back to your question about who should be taking it. I mean, I feel like everybody that wakes up should be taking a probiotic, a core-based probiotic. And I feel that so wholeheartedly because A, it is dictating all aspects of our overall health. It's, you know, when we're trying to do other things, take other supplements, it's absorbing our, when our gut is healthy, it's absorbing nutrients that much better. And it's really dictating so much of our health. But also it's because the world we live in, like I talked about, is so disruptive to our bacteria, you know, Mm -hmm. the the toxins in the environment, the air we breathe, you know, the household cleaners. There's a study that came out that showed that households that used, you know, household products that say kills 99.99% of bacteria actually had kids with a higher incidence of autoimmune diseases and allergies. And so we know the world that we live in is so disruptive to our gut microbiome. That's why I feel so passionately that we need to be taking care of our gut Mm -hmm. on a regular basis because, and our gut lining that leakiness of the gut. It's the study that we did on it was healthy college students. And it showed 55% of them had a leaky gut and didn't know it. And when you have a leaky gut, it's like that drippy faucet. There's no problem. It doesn't overflow for a long time, but eventually it overflows. And people say, I was so healthy. And then all of a sudden I started getting allergies. Well, you always had that leakiness of the gut. And so that's why I think it's really important that we're supporting our gut health. We're supporting that intestinal cell wall on a regular basis, because unfortunately the world we live in is not very supportive of it. Mm. So would you recommend on that list of things that we can be doing to support gut health using clean cleaning products, like using more naturally based cleaning products and what kind of hand soap do you use in your household? Yeah. You know what? It's a great question because I, I totally believe we should use the more naturally minded ones. There's a brand called branch basics. That's really good. Um, Occasionally, like for the toilet, we'll use some that are like to really clean it out. And then like, as far as I don't have a specific brand for hand soap, I just try to find some, you know, that are more naturally minded. Yes. So cleaner and all of that. So, okay antibacterial hand soap or anything like that. I would never use something that's antibacterial. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Now, I hope you don't take offense to this, but I'm going to ask it because I feel like this is what this podcast is all about. Sometimes with these more natural forms of medicine, they haven't necessarily gone through the same rigorous testing and research as what we see in Western medicine. So I don't know if I've necessarily heard this so much around probiotics, but I was scrolling Instagram the other day and came across somebody who was doing coffee enemas. And I was like, oh, this is fascinating. All these benefits that they're talking about. I now go and research anything that I'm looking at or going to do. And it's very controversial, it turns out. People have very mixed feelings on this. Where are probiotics at in this conversation around research-based medical practices or health and wellness practices? Yeah, well, probiotics, especially the spore-based probiotics, are incredibly researched. In fact, they are used as a pharmaceutical in Asia and Europe. These are actually more studied than the lactobacillus. That's what's so funny is the lactobacillus and bifidobacteria strains that are so popular in the United States have actually had less research than the bacillus spores that are have been used in the pharmaceutical side in Asia and Europe. So, but when we talk about our particular strains, we've actually done studies with our strains. We've done human <laughs> clinical trials, like I said, on, hum, on uh, leaky gut, on these bacillus spore strains. I am, oh, I mean, we have probably 12 to 13 different published studies on these strains. So this is very different than anything that you would see in any supplement company because research is very expensive. You know, most supplement companies can't afford to do it. And we've decided, you know, to put our resources toward that. And uh, we are very unique in the supplement space that we've done that. And I love that you asked that question because, you know, the spores just have a great deal of research behind them. Yeah. It's so important, whatever you're trying as you're listening this, whatever feels like you resonate to go and get a second opinion to just do a little bit of I mean, Google will tell you whatever you want to hear. You can literally look at all the benefits. You can hear a bunch of people who it didn't work for. 
But as well as you continue on your own health journey, you'll start to really be able to hear your body and trust your gut as well as you navigate all of the information. Now, you're obviously so well informed in this. I'm dying to know your thoughts on coffee enemas and colonics now that we're here. <laughs> well, I hate to disappoint you, but I really don't have a strong opinion either way. Like I see the benefits. I see the downside. I, I just would say, if you're going to do it to make sure that you're taking the probiotic, because it just kind of like the antibiotic, it's getting rid of the good stuff and the bad stuff. And so right. make sure that we're replenishing with probiotics so that you're getting more of the bacteria in there. So, and I did want to go back to the antibiotic. You had asked me if people, I forgot, I just realized I didn't answer that about the antibiotic. If we should be taking a probiotic after you've been on the antibiotic. Here's the beautiful thing about the spores that are found in Just Thrive is that we actually did a study that they could be taken at the same time as an antibiotic. Really important to be taking them at the same time because most probiotics would be destroyed by the presence of an antibiotic. But one of the studies we did actually showed that these spores survived the presence of an antibiotic in, in patients. They were, and these patients were on like the strongest antibiotic out there. They were liver encephalitis patients and they were on the strongest antibiotics out there. So definitely if you are taking an antibiotic, I could not stress enough to take a spore-based probiotic. And and then afterwards, you would tell people to double their dosage too. Like normally it's one capsule a day with food. I would just say take two capsules a day at the same time if you were on an antibiotic. Those antibiotics are definitely wreaking havoc on your gut. So just to be careful. And the same thing goes with the colonic. You would just want to make sure that you're taking a probiotic afterwards. So you're really replenishing that gut bacteria. Totally fair. I feel like after doing research, I've decided for myself that I'm not going to do one. There's just so much that can potentially go wrong with them. And our body technically doesn't need them as far as science is concerned. So that's where I personally landed on the whole coffee enema and colonics. I used to use almost as a way of like purging food when I was struggling with my disordered eating. And that is a no-go. That is not a good idea. That's not what we want to be doing. So and you said something earlier in the show about, you know, our body is naturally designed to heal itself. And I think that's what we all have to remember, whether it's a detox, but our body is naturally designed to detox. It's naturally designed to heal itself. And I think we have to remind ourselves that our body is beautifully designed to be taking care of ourselves and protecting mm -hmm. ourselves. And mm -hmm. so just, I, I always want to, so I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's important for people to remind themselves of that. Mm, I love it. Should kids, babies be taking probiotics? That's actually an area I'm particularly passionate about because mm -hmm. um, when I was a kid, which was a way long time ago, I, I knew one kid in K through 12 that had a peanut allergy. I mean, nobody had any allergies. Nobody right. had peanut-free tables. Now people have, you know, they have so many allergies. They've got gluten intolerance. They've got peanut allergies. They've got all kinds of allergies to foods. And this is exactly a result of this toxic world that we're living in, all these offenders of our gut health. And so I think kids especially should be on it because the moms that are having the babies are now having not as healthy of a gut. And then now they're passing that on to their baby. And now they don't have as healthy of a gut. It's really important that kids should be taking it. For babies, you could always open the capsule and sprinkle on a little bit and have the baby suck on a little bit, but really important. I think the age on our bottle is like, six and above or something like that. It, that's more for choking hazards than anything. But you, if you could right. open the capsules and mix them with food. In fact, we did a study that showed that you could bake with them up to 455 degrees. So I used to always put it in my son's piping hot oatmeal years ago. So it's amazing. You could sneak it in. Your kids wouldn't even know that they're, they're, they're tasteless, colorless, odorless, really important. Wow. Oh my gosh. Fascinating. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old and my three-year-old's always had some tummy things going on. So I'm always looking for ways to support her. But then with kids, it's like next level that it's research-based and that you feel safe doing something. You're not just like sprinkling, I don't know, something that five years now from now, they're going to be like, what were you doing? Why did you put that on their oatmeal? You know, uh, remember this is like, I said, these strains are what our ancestors evolved on. I mean, they, yeah. they think the same strains that our ancestors were getting from the environment. So yes, like it's natural. I, I just like to go back to like how we evolved and, and that's one of the you know ways to maybe wrap everyone's head around it. It's just that this is what we were our, we were intended to eat these strains on a daily basis. Sometimes I look at these more as like a functional food rather than a supplement because these mm. are the strains that we ate off of when we ate off the land. Yeah, and when you think now about our 
food and there's a movement of eating more local foods, but, but so often we're getting foods that have been stripped. The outer layer has been stripped. I mean, we look for foods in the grocery store that are clean versus dirty looking. And so all of that is that bacteria being removed, 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 wash, 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 rinse, rinse, rinse. And I, I've heard so many times, let your kids play in the dirt, let them get dirty, let them have stuff under their fingernails. It's not going to kill them. It's, it's better for them than over sanitizing, over cleaning all of the things. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Oh, you have been such a joy to talk to and obviously just so well informed in this area. I can't wait to try the probiotics. You've generously given everyone a code using Raw Beauty. They can get 15% off everything on the site. We'll make sure that we link to that. Oh, you know what? I did have one more question. What have you noticed as positive changes when people start taking probiotics? Like what success stories have you heard? Oh my gosh, where do I start? I mean, we've had so many. And the best part, I always say with pharmaceuticals, people will say, oh, side effects include, you know, suicide, diarrhea, like all these things. Heart attack. Yeah, (laughs) with like the probiotic, I'm like side effects include like better weight management, you know, healthier mood, like better sleep, all these things. It's like somebody maybe will come to it because like one of my friends came to it because she was having some gastrointestinal issues. And she's like, I had so much more energy. She's like, it saved my marriage because it was literally like, she would never want to go out to dinner with her husband and her husband wanted to go out of town. And we've had people with skin issues. Like that's another big thing. People don't really skin issues. I mean, that's so, you could see that like on your face, like acne and things like you've seen people with skin blemishes that have cleared up. It's, I see that with my daughters when they were in high school, they were like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like I'm going to take this all the time. Cause you know, in high school, they don't want to listen to their mom at all. <laughs> totally. And now like my daughters are my biggest advocates, you know, all of their friends are taking it. It's so funny because they just so believe in it, but the people who have had severe gastric issues that have tried everything and just all of a sudden they just started to feel better. I mean, I could go on and on, you know, I mean, it's just been amazing. Oh, I love it. Okay. Recap on supporting gut health, meditation, mindfulness, looking at your lifestyle, reducing stress diversifying where your foods are from, shopping organic when you can, really looking at your cleaning products and household products and trying to detoxify those using a more natural-based hand wash. Anything else that I'm missing? Oh, probiotics. Duh. That was a big one. (laughs) That's a great start. That is a solid, solid start. That's a lot of homework for people. So a lot of homework. Easy steps. Those are easy steps. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. It was great to be here. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.